0: Welcome to Alpha and Omega Ministries International. This ministry is committed to bringing apostolic alignment and restoration of the values and principles of the Kingdom of God to the Body of Christ. We trust that you will be blessed and encouraged by the Word of God. Heavenly Father, we thank you for our time together on um, this afternoon and this morning for some of us. We thank you for this wonderful privilege that You've given us through technology to meet, to share the Word of God, to have fellowship, Lord, and to be able to be taught the Word of God. We commit our time together, our session together. We ask for Your Spirit, Lord, to give us fresh insight, fresh understanding concerning the subject that we are currently teaching. May you give us ears to hear and eyes to see afresh and new things and a heart to embrace and obey and act on the things that we are learning. We thank you for that in the wonderful name of Jesus. Amen. All right. By the way, for you in the United States, I have watched the whole ceremony of the inauguration of your new president and it was wonderful to see how many people prayed during that ceremony so we thank God and please continue to pray for your president there is there is a lot of opposition there are a lot of people against him so he's going to need all the prayer support that he can get We are currently studying a series of teachings on the subject of prayer. The title of these teachings are Praying the Kind of Prayers that Please God. Praying the Kind of Prayers that are Pleasing to the Lord. Today we are doing part two of this same series. Now before I make some opening statements concerning the subject of prayer, let's read the foundational scriptures, one from Ephesians chapter 6, verse 18 and 19, and our second verse of scripture is taken from the book of Philippians chapter 4, verses 6 and 7. These are our foundational scriptures for today's lesson. Ephesians chapter 6 verse 18 and 19 and Philippians chapter 4 verses 6 and 7. Let's uh, read the first one from the book of Ephesians. Praying always with all prayer and supplication in the Spirit, being watchful to this end with all perseverance and supplication for all the saints, and for me that utterance may be given to me that I may open my mouth boldly and make known the mystery of the gospel. Philippians chapter 4 verse 6 and 7 Be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving. Let your requests be made known to God and the peace of God which surpasses all understanding will guard your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Amen. Can you all hear me Uh, well? Just raise your hands if you can do that. Thank you. Now, let me make some foundational statements concerning the ordinance of prayer. Because we are in Christ, we are a people of influence simply because we have a relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. God is our Heavenly Father, Jesus Christ is our Lord, and we have the Holy Spirit living on the inside of us. As a result of that relationship, the Bible tells us that we are a people of influence. Therefore, our prayers will influence people, both near as well as far. They are able to influence situations, they are able to influence circumstances, and even nations. This is the kind of influence that God has given us through the privilege of prayer. Every morning when I pray, I thank God for the privilege of prayer. It is a privilege and an honor to enter the throne of grace boldly and petition God in the name of Jesus to do the things that He has asked us to ask for. Let me make another statement. Prayer will take you into places that nothing else will. Through the ordinance of prayer, you can enter a home and bless that home. You can enter a situation and it could be miles away. and influence that situation through your prayers. So, prayer, the way God intended it, is a a means of influence, to influence places that we can go into, people that God wants us to pray for. It enlarges the scope of our vision as well as our expectations. I can come into your house through prayer and begin to influence that atmosphere through my believing prayer. Isn't that amazing? Isn't that wonderful? Isn't that glorious that in the name of Jesus we can influence situations and people, some that are near, some that are far? I think that's a wonderful privilege that God has given us through the ordinance of prayer. Let me make another statement. Prayer marks the boundaries of your influence. You cannot influence people or situations beyond the boundaries of your prayer. Amen. That that deserves an amen, folks. Praise God. Prayer will mark the boundaries of your influence. Prayer will strengthen your inner man and infuse it with whatever you need to make a difference in the people you are praying for. Prayer. Let me make another statement. Prayer refines and purifies our heart resulting in us being separated from the things that do not enhance the kingdom of God. As you pray, and you pray regularly, and you pray fervently and consistently, you will find that certain things will fall off you. Things that are of the world, mindsets, habits... Prayer will do that for you. They will just fall off of you without you even trying because prayer has an ability to strengthen your inner man and to separate you from the things that are not of God. Now, we began this year by focusing on the subject of prayer. That's why we're teaching on this subject. Not just any kind of prayer, but the kind of prayers that please God. That's very important for us to make a note of it. Many people pray, but not every prayer is answered. The kind of prayers that we want to pray are the kind of prayers that reach the throne of God and please God, knowing that God has heard our prayer and He will answer our petitions. Let me say this, prayer combined with faith together gives us access to all of God's blessings, both spiritual as well as material. When you have the key to God's storehouses, you are indeed a very wealthy person. Well, prayer and faith gives you access into all of God's storehouses of blessings. Amen? The right kind of prayers. So, it is my desire and purpose for this year, for us, as a family, as a spiritual family, that we all learn how to pray, as well as pray regularly, faithfully, passionately, and consistently. Can I get an Amen? You cannot separate prayer from the life of a true disciple. I've read years ago the statement of someone, I forget what his name is now. This is what he said. No one is greater than his prayer life. No one is greater than his prayer life. Believers who pray much are the ones who rely much on the Lord and His ability to put them over in life. And many times, from my own experience as well, we try to achieve and obtain things by our own efforts rather than through prayer and faith. We argue With people very often, we quarrel and even fight, except pray and trust the Lord to fight our battles for us. How many of you can relate to that? Amen. I can relate to that. We quarrel with people, we argue, even with our loved ones, you know, because they don't see our point of view, rather than going to the Lord and praying and asking God to give them an understanding of the situation or what we're trying to communicate in the Spirit. Now, people cannot see truth. We need to understand that unless their spiritual eyes are opened. And the only one who can open their eyes, their spiritual sight to see, is the Lord by His Spirit. Amen? Amen. Trying to convince them through reason and argument is a waste of time. I pray that this year the Lord will stir our hearts by His Spirit and lead us often to the place of prayer. Jesus said in Luke's Gospel, chapter 18, verse 1, that men and women always, always ought to pray and not lose heart. That's an important statement from the lips of of our Master. He he told them that and He gave them a parable in order to encourage them in the place of prayer. He said, don't give up. No matter how long it takes, no matter what it looks like, you always ought to pray and not lose heart, be discouraged. Amen? You can read that in Luke's Gospel, chapter 18, verse 1. We're particularly focusing, in the last session and in this session, on one particular prayer, which is the prayer of petition. And as we will see later on, the prayer of petition is also known as a prayer of supplication, and when it involves praying for others... It is also called the prayer of intercession. Now the primary purpose of the prayer of petition is to bring heaven into the earth as Jesus taught us to pray. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. I did mention to you last week that Jesus died, he paid the price, yes to save us and to get us into heaven but that is not the only purpose he also died and rose again so that heaven can come into the earth into our hearts into our families into our situations into our places of work amen and that's what the prayer of petition does it brings the will of god it brings the influence of God and the presence of God in the people and the places we are praying for. That's an amazing revelation. Amen? Amen. Now, the kind of prayers that please God are the ones that are led by the Holy Spirit and they are Bible-based or word-based. So being sensitive to the Holy Spirit's guidance when we pray, as well as being knowledgeable of the will and the word of God, are the keys to successful praying or to fruitful prayers. Prayers that will always be answered. Now, prayers that please God, are also those that are filled with faith and confidence. You cannot pray and doubt. Amen? Doubt will rob you of God's finest blessings. You cannot even pray and hope. So many people, I hear them every every week almost. I'm hoping and praying. Well, you're not going to receive anything by hoping and praying, because hope is not the basis for answered prayer. Hope has its place, but it is the prayer of faith that God answers. Amen? Amen. We did mention that last week, because prayers play such an important role in the life of the believer, I want us to particularly focus at this time as I mentioned to you the prayer of petition. Now, we did mention that last week, but for the benefit of those that were not on the webinar, I'm going to repeat these these various statements again. The prayer of petition is a prayer that includes personal needs as well as the needs of other people. Prayers of petition are also known as prayers of supplication. Prayers of petition intended for other people also known as prayers of intercession. Is that clear? So, when we speak about petition, supplication, and intercession, we're basically speaking about the same thing. The Bible uses all those words and all those terms when it comes to the prayer of petition. Now, let's look at one of those kind of prayers that pleases the Lord and that is Bible-based and Spirit-led. Can we do that? You will never go wrong if you have the Word of God as the basis of your prayer life. And if you don't know how to pray, then the Word of God is an excellent guide to guide you and show you what to pray, especially when we are praying with our natural understanding. You know, there are two kinds of prayers. Praying in the Spirit, in other tongues, for those of us who have been baptized in the Spirit. You're praying in the Spirit, but very often your mind is unfruitful. You don't know what you're praying. But you know that you are praying in according to the will of God because it is the Spirit of God within you assisting you praying the very will of God for the situation that you are praying for. But there is also the prayer that we pray with our understanding. In other words, we know what we're praying about. And you will never go wrong if you have the Bible as your guidelines and the foundation of that kind of prayers. There is one kind of prayer that God instructs us to pray, and He is well pleased with this petition, and it's found in 1 Timothy chapter 2, verses 1, verse 3, and I'm going to be reading from the Amplified Translation. If I'm not mistaken, during the inauguration um, uh, ceremony, um, uh, Graham, uh, Billy Graham's son, he, Franklin Graham, he concluded in uh, in in um, in the ceremony by praying this very prayer. Mm-hmm. He mentioned it. It's taken from First Timothy, chapter two, verses one, verse three. Can we turn there, please? Now, this is one of the most difficult prayers to pray. It requires a lot of faith. And I will explain why it requires a lot of faith. Because some leaders, to be honest with you, (laughs) might not be worthy of our prayers. But we need to listen to what the Lord is saying here. Are you with me? Amen? Amen. Amen. Notice the kind of words that the Apostle Paul uses in writing to his spiritual son Timothy. He says to him, First of all, underline that, first of all. That means, before you pray for yourself, before you pray for your wife, your children, your family, before you pray for your business, before you pray for your loved ones, This is what you do first of all. Now, I have purposed in my heart to do this. Just just because the Bible says so. Just because the Bible tells me to do it. It says, first of all then, I admonish and urge that petitions, prayers, intercessions, and thanksgivings be offered on behalf of all men, for kings and all who are in positions of authority or high responsibility, that outwardly we may pass a quiet and undisturbed life and inwardly a peaceable one in all godliness and reverence and seriousness in every way. For such praying is good and right, and it is pleasing and acceptable to God our Savior. What are we talking about? The kind of prayers that please God. Well, this one is number one. Now, God wants the church to pray and to give thanks for all men and women, especially for people with positions of authority and high responsibility. Notice what Paul says, such praying is good and right and it is pleasing and acceptable to God and he instructs us to do this first of all because this kind of petition has great reward. What is the reward? The reward is that we end up leading a quiet and undisturbed life outwardly and inwardly a peaceable one. Now, let me explain further why Paul tells us to do this first of all. And then I will share with you what I'm praying so that you know as well how to pray in the situation. Romans chapter thirteen, and you can turn there with me, tells us Romans thirteen, beginning with verse one through seven, tells us that people in authority and high responsibility are servants and ministers of God who are appointed by God for our good. Now, you can believe the Word of God, or you, what, you can, what you hear on the news, or television, or radio, or whatever. Amen? Amen? I choose to believe God's Word, and not what CNN tells me, or whatever other news. And, you know, if, if the media is the only source of information we have, we are the poorest in information of all people. They don't know what's going on behind the scenes. They don't know God's purposes. They only report facts, what they see and hear. But God is at work behind the scenes. Amen? Those who pray regularly and consistently have far more understanding of what's going on and interpreting situations and circumstances far better than the media does. Can I have an amen, please? Now, let me give you an example. The media believes that the Russians were responsible for Donald Trump's win, the election. But we Christians who have been praying, we know very well who's responsible. Hello. Amen. 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 Amen, gypsum. Amen. Amen, Florida. Are you there, Steve? Oh, we were muted. <laughs> okay. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. I miss Nikki's Amen. <laughs> Yeah, we know, we know who's responsible and who intervened and shocked the world and primarily the media and the predictions. So, let's read Romans 13 and get a clearer picture. Romans 13 verse 1, Let every soul be subject to the governing authorities, for there is no authority except from God. And the authorities that exist are appointed by God. Therefore, whoever resists the authority resists the ordinance of God, and those who resist will bring judgment on themselves. For rulers are not a terror to good works, but to evil. Do you want to be unafraid of the authority? Do what is good, and you will have praise from the same. For he is, that is the government official, God's minister to you for good. But if you do evil, be afraid, for he does not bear the sword in vain. For he is God's minister and avenger to execute wrath on him who practices evil. Therefore you must be subject, not only because of wrath, but also for conscience sake. For because of this you also pay taxes, for they are God's ministers attending continually to this very thing. Render therefore to all their due taxes to whom taxes are due, customs to whom customs, fear to whom fear, honor to whom honor. So you understand now that these men of authority and high responsibility are God's ministers. There is no authority, the Bible says, except the authority that is appointed by God. These men are appointed by God and women to stand in that office of authority and responsibility and the decisions they make can affect every single one of us regardless of which country we are living in. Amen. Let me say this, the devil targets such people because of the positions and the influence they have over many people, even nations. So who do you think the devil is going to go after? He's going to go after people who carry authority and tremendous influence in order to pollute their minds to confuse their minds so that they can make decisions that are favorable to the kingdom of darkness rather than the kingdom of God. Folks, there is a war going on right now in the realm of the Spirit. It's an invisible war, and it's a battle for life and death for the souls of men and women. Amen. And so because of that, because the devil targets such people, the church needs to regularly cover them in prayer. And I know, I know it from myself, it is very difficult to pray for people you know nothing about on a personal level, except what you hear and see on the news. But that's where faith comes in. And sheer obedience to the Word of God. We do so because God instructed us to do so. Amen? All right, I have a, a thing on my computer says you have a slow connection Would you like to stop? No, I don't want to stop Am I back with you? Yes Thank you Well, as I have said We do so because God instructed us to do so These kind of prayers are word-based And spirit-led and let, me ma- and let me mention this. I have discovered, this is, this is from experience, that you cannot easily criticize someone you regularly pray for. I'm going to say that again. You cannot easily criticize someone you regularly pray for. The people you sincerely pray for end up in your heart and they become dear to you. And I have had that experience. The people you regularly pray for and sincerely pray for, they end up coming into your heart and they become dear to you. Now when, when someone becomes dear to you, you, you're not going to turn around and criticize that person. Amen? And this is the antidote of judging and criticizing other people. That is why the New Testament urges believers to pray for one another. In doing so, you avoid the trap of judging and criticizing your brother or your sister in the Lord. When I pray for you, and I pray sincerely, and I pray regularly, I cannot turn around and judge or criticize you easily because you've become dear to me. And the people you pray for, they end up being in your heart. Remember these statements. So if you have a brother or a sister that rubs you the wrong way, that really pushes your buttons... (laughs) <laughs> that, 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 that uh, you want to get out of your skin it's a good person to pray for Amen. Amen You pray for that person and I guarantee you you pray for that person daily for three weeks your attitude towards that person will change Hello husbands, hello wives. When we pray regularly for our spouses and continue to give thanks to God for them, finding the good things to praise the Lord, rather than finding those negative traits that rub us the wrong way, we end up loving them. And we end up uh how can I say, not judging them, not criticizing them, not finding fault with them. That's very important when it comes to relationships. If you want to have healthy relationships at home and within your spiritual family, that is the first thing you need to start doing. Can I have an amen, please? All right. Now, let's go on. I don't know if we're going to finish this lesson today, but we'll give it a good try. So as I'm speaking to you, think of someone, maybe someone at work, maybe someone um, that you that 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 you have regular dealings with, and that person is very difficult to love because i don't know the things that they do or say they just don't don't gel with you or they upset you or Practice what I'm telling you. Take that person to heart and pray for them regularly and watch what God will do. Now, there are two ways to pray and Paul tells us that in 1 Corinthians chapter 14, verse 14 and 15 and we've covered this but it bears repetition and we need to cover it seeing that we are on the subject of prayer. 1 Corinthians 14, verse 14 and 15 says, If I pray in a tongue, my spirit prays, but my understanding is unfruitful. What is the conclusion then? I will pray with the Spirit, and I will also pray with the understanding. I will sing with the Spirit, and I will also sing with the understanding. So we have already taught on what it means to pray in the Spirit. That's praying in other tongues. That is one way of praying. The second way of praying is with our understanding and that is knowing and understanding what we are praying. Now, I'm going to share with you a portion of Scripture that gives us the basis for praying for people in government, in authority and high responsibility. In this case, we're going to... um, to look at Solomon's prayer in the Old Testament and watch what Solomon asked for because of the position and the high responsibility that God has given this young man to sit on the throne of Israel. We, We learn a great deal from his request. So can we read that together? from 1 Kings chapter 3, and we're going to read verse 5 through to verse 13. Go to the book of 1 Kings, 1 Kings chapter 5, verse 5 through to 13. I'll wait just a few seconds until you all find it so we can Go through it together. Raise your hand if you have that portion of scripture, please. All right, most of you have. Let's read. At Gibeon, the Lord appeared to Solomon in a dream by night, and God said, Ask what shall I give you? And Solomon said, You have shown great mercy to your servant David, my father, because he walked before you in truth, in righteousness, and in uprightness of heart with you. You have continued this great kindness for him, and you have given him a son to sit on his throne, as it is this day. Now, O Lord, my God, you have made your servant king instead of my father David, and I am... A little child, for I do not know how to go out or come in, and your servant is in the midst of your people whom you have chosen a great people, too numerous to be numbered or counted. therefore, give your servant an understanding heart to judge your people, that I may discern between good and evil, for who is able to judge this great people of yours. The speech pleased the Lord that Solomon had asked this thing. Then God said to him, Because you have asked this thing and have not asked long life for yourself, nor have asked riches for yourself, nor have asked the life for your enemies, but you have asked for yourself understanding to discern justice, Behold, I have done according to your words, and see, I have given you a wise and understanding heart, so that there has not anyone been anyone like you before you, nor shall any like you arise after you. And I have also given you what you have not asked, both riches and honor, so that there shall not be anyone like you among the kings all your days." In 2 Chronicles chapter 1, verse 10, Solomon, he re- the Bible records the same prayer but adds to it. Solomon asked for this. He said, Give me wisdom and knowledge that I may go out and come in before this people, for who can judge this great people of yours? Now, notice what Solomon asked for that pleased God so much. He asked for wisdom, he asked for knowledge, he asked for understanding and spiritual discernment. Wisdom, knowledge, understanding and discernment. Because he asked for what pleased the Lord, God gave him much more than what he asked for. You see, Solomon's heart was in the right place. He was a humble person. He said, Lord, I'm a child. I don't know how to do this. This is such a huge responsibility. And how am I expected to govern this great people unless I have these things from you? And that pleased the Lord a great deal. Let me say this. All of us sitting here today have been given a sphere of influence and a sphere of responsibility to govern both in our home as well as in the place of our work, whether we are self-employed or we work for someone else. Am I right? Every one of us has been given a realm or a sphere of responsibility coupled with authority. The one thing we need more than anything else in this world in order to succeed is wisdom from God. This is a spiritual blessing, not a material blessing, because wisdom will bring the material blessings. If we don't have wisdom, we are in for a rough ride in our Christian walk. And I've seen many believers over the years making foolish decisions, decisions of presumption rather than faith because of a lack of knowledge and because of a lack of wisdom. Amen? We need wisdom in our marriage relationships. We need wisdom in raising our children the proper and godly way. We need wisdom in running and governing our business. We need wisdom in managing our finances. We need wisdom in making wise investments of our time as well as our resources. Amen? That is why as we go deeper into this teaching, we will see when Paul prays for believers, the one thing that he asks repeatedly above all is wisdom, knowledge, understanding. So when you're praying for your government, for people in high places of authority, we thank God, Lord, I want to thank you for our president, Jacob Zuma, members of his cabinet, all of the people in authority that make decisions that affect this nation. I want to pray for those in charge or in authority of our education, of our judicial system. I give thanks to you for each one of them. And Lord, I don't know them by name, but you do. And I pray that you would give them your spirit of wisdom and knowledge, and discernment, and spiritual understanding, so that the decisions they make would benefit the furtherance of the kingdom of God in our land. Amen? Is that a good prayer to pray, knowing that it will receive an answer from God? So, have the Bible before you, open it to that verse of Scripture, and pray accordingly. Now, Proverbs chapter 4 verse 7 tells us, Wisdom is the principal thing. Therefore, get wisdom, and in all your getting, get understanding. Many people are rushing to get something. They want to get this. They want to get that. They want to get. Uh, they want to get hold of this and hold of that, thinking that that will better the lives. But the one thing above all that we need to get is wisdom from God. And wisdom from God is the one thing the Father freely gives to anyone who asks for it. The condition is that we ask in faith. Let's read James 1, verse 5 through 8. James chapter 1, verses 5 through 8. James says, If any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask of God, who gives to all liberally and without reproach. And it will be given to him. But let him ask in faith with no doubting. For he who doubts is like a wave of the sea, driven and tossed by the wind. Let not that man suppose that he will receive anything from the Lord. He is a double-minded man, unstable in all of his ways. So God says he gives freely to all. That means all. Even a non-believer can approach God and say, God, I ask you to give me wisdom. The Bible says he will give it to him without finding fault with that person. Isn't that amazing? Isn't that interesting? Now, Charles Spurgeon once wrote, He he explains what's the difference between wisdom and knowledge. This is what he said. Wisdom is the right use of knowledge. Knowledge alone is not enough. He goes on to say, to know is not to be wise. Many men know a great deal and are all the greater fools for it. There is no fool so great a fool as a knowing fool. But to know how to use knowledge is to have wisdom. So what's the difference between wisdom and knowledge? Knowledge gives you facts, gives you an accurate understanding of the situation, but wisdom tells you to make the best decision according to the knowledge you have. So wisdom is the right use of knowledge. Amen? I'm going to end it here. There is much more on this part too. We'll probably cover it next week and see together the kind of prayers that please God. And we've looked at already one such prayer in the book of Timothy and we looked at the example of Solomon, the King Solomon, what he prayed for, that it pleased God so much. He says, because you asked this thing, I'm going to give you what you didn't ask. And God gave him wealth and riches god gave him influence god gave him friendships and relationships that things that he didn't even ask for so that tells you when you want to ask for something that will encompass all of the other blessings ask for the wisdom of god and believe that he freely gives you in your situation wherever you are whatever you're facing whether it's a family situation, a work situation, or a situation of a loved one. And you don't know how to pray, intercede and ask God to give you or that person wisdom and knowledge. Amen. Thank you for listening to this message. For additional resources and more information about this ministry, come and visit us at www.alphaomegaint.org.za.